0: Talk to her. We didn't want you to send her to the glue factory. I didn't kill her, Zach. She died in her sleep. Probably choked on her whistle. She doesn't look dead. That's because it just happened, so you can't really tell. Like a MacGyver? Um, what should we do with her body? <sighs> call an ambulance? Call the cops? I don't know. I mean, they're gonna come and get her. They're gonna ask us a lot of questions. <laughs> They'll probably blame us. They'll definitely call Mom. She'll blame us. Yeah, she'll hop the next flight home, and then she'll be in our faces. I don't want mom to come home. I don't either. All I like you say, comproving it's terrible.
1: I'm right on top of that, Rose. And we're right on top of giving you a palate cleanser. We gave you a month of Christmas content following the start of WTF season. Now, after a couple
2: weeks off, we are back ready to give you something that's only a little WTF. Will admit, when I watched this when I was younger, I used to love this movie. Didn't hold up like it used to, I must say. A little
1: weird. I enjoy it, but okay. So this is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm joined by Jim. Jim, you feeling better?
2: Finally healthy. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to 2023. Yeah, dude, I don't know if it was this RSV that's going around now or something, but New Year's Eve, I got sick as hell and it just lasted for about a week. Hence why this didn't come out last week. But I'm back, I'm healthy, and we are here to kick ass and take names.
1: This week's movie was originally titled The Real World. London. But was (laughs) changed to avoid confusion with MTV's The Real World. The title was changed to the macabre title, Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. The 1991 coming-of-age black comedy movie was directed by Stephen Herrick. Herrick's not a household name. No, not at all but certainly has an awesome directing filmography, in my opinion. Critters, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Mighty Ducks, Mr. Holland's Anus, (laughs) The 101 Dalmatians live action remake from 96, Holy Man with Eddie Murphy, Rockstar with Marky Mark. Wow, he's all over the place. Among some others. Yeah, it kind of dropped off a little bit later on. Uh, Before Herrick... John Landis was the first choice, but he turned it down. John Hughes also turned it down because he only directed movies that he wrote himself. Wouldn't direct somebody else's script. Joe Dante, Richard Donner, Amy Heckerling, Chris Columbus, man, and Joel Schumacher also were considered Joel Schumacher. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Joe Dante, I can kind of see because like the burbs, not all that different, but so that leads me to my next point. The script began circulating in the mid eighties, heavily inspired by risky business. So real world was supposed to be about a bunch of kids on their own, you know, not like like that's what they're inspired by so as the real world it was sold to 20th century fox in 1987 but they wanted it lightened up considerably one iteration of the movie was going to be a whodunit where all the crandall kids were suspects with motives as to why they would have killed the babysitter what is it clue <laughs> Basically, okay. They were gonna make sort of this like kids version of Clue.
2: Well, I think it would have made more sense because, like, going throughout this movie, watching it, the babysitter kind of takes a back seat to the whole thing. Yeah, like to the point you forget I about mean, that's it. That's like
1: a big logic issue of mine. Is oh it? yeah, like the whole basis of the movie, the whole idea and concept revolves around. Don't tell mom the babysitters that it really has nothing to do. Nobody with gives babysitter. a shit about the babysitter. So, Jim, this movie got unfairly linked home alone because both were kids on the loose causing mischief type movies the film gained a second life on vhs and cable but please let us know how it did at the box office against budget along with news and number ones at time of release from WUAB channel 43
3: where the news comes first this is the ten o'clock view
2: don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Came out June the seventh, nineteen ninety-one, to only a ten million dollar budget. It made only twenty-five million dollars at the box office. Like Kevin said, it made the money back in VHS rental sales. I can remember renting this. This is a great one to rent at Blockbuster. At the time in this world that we live in, gas was a buck fourteen. Croatia and Slovenia declared independence, and Ted Turner was Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Ted Turner, great. Hey, I made a doomsday video, guys. You want to check it out? Your top three rentals at Blockbuster Video are. A movie that we covered, Kevin, Kindergarten Cop. Nice. Kindergarten Cop 2? No, not the second one. (laughs) Not the one with Jonathan Sheck. Predator 2 with Danny Glover. And a movie that hopefully we cover here soon, Rocky 5. The weird Rocky movie, which is great. Hit me and I'll sue. I love it. Hit me and I'll sue. In history, there were certain fun historical moments on the 7th of june in 1955 president dwight david eisenhower was the first president to appear on color television
4: the cameras you see before you are color cameras they are now transmitting a black and white picture by pressing this button which i now do the cameras are transmitting a live color picture when you step before them you will be making your first appearance on color television from washington
2: in 1965, Sony introduced its home videotape recorder priced at $995. Oh. And in 1993, Prince celebrates his birthday by changing his name to an unpronounceable symbol. Artist formerly known as. Exactly.
3: I had searched deep within my heart and spirit and I wanted to uh, uh, make a change and move to a new plateau in my life. and. One of the ways in which I did that was to change my name. It sort of divorced me from the past and all the hangups that go
2: along with it. Now off to news, former child TV star and actress who also starred in my favorite Sega CD game, Night Trap. Dana Plato receives a six-year suspended sentence for robbing a video store. Nice, Dana Plato, she got into the... the I haven't heard that name in a long time. She got into the drugs quite a bit. Dana Plato. A little girl from the TV show Different Strokes recently pleaded guilty to robbing a video store, and now she awaits sentencing. Dana spoke with Terry Murphy exclusively about her road from fame to desperation.
5: I have lost, I've got a grip on it now, but I had seriously lost touch with who I was because I was always Dana Plato, the actress, and I was always working, and I was always Dana Plato. And I didn't know who Dana Plato was anymore. I had. I had a serious
2: identity crisis. NBC also announces Jay Leno will succeed Johnny Carson as host of The Tonight Show on May 25th, 1992. Now, that was a peaceful transition to power, unlike the Jay to Conan thing, which was playing five years Jeez. out, and then Jay just could not get over himself. Hey! don't uh, give it up. And then Jay just had that incident not too long ago where he like his car you know caught watch, fire. You What's know or... that
1: movie. Is it? I think it's an HBO movie. It's called like the Night Shift with uh the
2: Late Shift. Late Shift. There you go. With, it was the Leno Latter, Letterman. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. Dude. Yeah. It covered a lot of shit, and you realized Jay Leno kind of a big piece of shit. Yeah.
1: Just recently recovering from
2: uh, being burned. Yeah. Was one of his cars? Yeah. Caught fire or yep. something like that. Jay Leno and his fifteen hundred cars. The body of the twelfth U.S. president. Zach Zachary Taylor is exhumed to test how he died because, you know, everybody wondered, what happened to President Taylor? We got to exhume his body. The whole talk about it persisted since his death in 1850 of arsenic poisoning. However, no evidence was found that he died of arsenic poisoning because people needed to know Kevin.
1: How would have they known back then? I have no idea. The forensic technology to discover that. But then
2: again, I don't ever. Let's do it again. Here's the thing. I don't ever remember being in the history, people going, man, we really need to know how President Taylor died. He was assassinated In 1850, who knows? And also, Kevin, give me your take on this. What did you think of the Robin Hood movie with Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman?
1: I remember the marketing and... Like the promotion way more than I remember the movie. I can't remember the movie to save
2: my life. I can't can, remember the tights? movie. Yes.
1: Yeah. I can't remember the movie really at all, but I remember like the song for oh, yeah. the soundtrack. I remember like, I can remember the commercials. I can remember the slow motion like all of that. Do not remember the movie. The toys are yeah, really the cool. Toys. I really want to go back and rewatch that movie because like Alan Rickman was Sheriff of Nottingham and really want to go back in time and um, exhume Robin Hood's body and find out how he died. How did President Robin Hood
2: die? Hopefully, it wasn't by arrow. President Robin. Speaking of somebody who loved Robin Hood, let's throw it over to George. Happy New Year, George. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. The Bulls beat the Lakers 108-101 in Game 5 to win the first of the three straight NBA titles. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest of all time, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, wins the MVP in his first NBA Finals appearance. We'll always remember the scene of him hugging the trophy with his dad. Very, very iconic. And Kevin, I had to bring this up. NHL draft. Oshawa general Senator Eric Lindros is the first pick by my beloved waiting to return Quebec Nordiques. Brady eight. That's right. Think about the his career cut short quite a bit because he got concussion mm. after concussion after con- I don't know how Eric Lindros is doing now. I hope he's doing good. Shout out to Eric Lindros. Fuck the number one song in America. One of the greatest music videos that gave us our beloved Keanu Reeves Paul Abdul. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought it was hush, hush. I had no idea, but what a good song. By the Berserker, mush, mush. (laughs) And one thing, it wasn't by the Berserker, your number one movie in America, Kurt Russell backdraft. Okay. That's a fucking great movie. I think it's very underrated. Kind of brought light to the fire departments and the kick-ass nature of their job. And Kevin, welcome to 2023. That's all that was going on in and around June the 7th, 1991. Jim, you know me. I always get excited. No, I
1: don't. For promotional contests. Oh, oh God, please. So upon home video release, don't tell mom babysitter's dead, there was a contest that included, this is the dumbest contest ever. There was some trivia about the movie and they they asked you to rate the actors' performances. Ugh. And then they had some sort of like their own, you know, key. Yeah. And whoever's answers matched the key. So apparently they rated their own actors' performances. The winner of the contest got the babysitter's car. Really? The old Buick? The 1955 Buick Special Riviera Hardtop. Fucking A, dude. That's it's cool as hell. For, like for doing trivia and answer and like rating the actors' performances. Who so.
2: would you give your A grade to? in this movie uh Uh, i know on the spot i don't know i know who i would maybe kenny josh charles okay i thought he did pretty good as the corn dog guy or whatever okay yeah as a clown dog yeah that's it
1: okay tagline for this one no rules no cure fuse they said that weird no (laughs) baths no nagging no pulse Kind of weird. Do you have to throw the bath thing in there? I don't mind yeah, no pulse. Kind of weird, but I, I think they could have done better. No rules, no curfews,
2: no baths, no nagging, no And hey, you know how I am about groatiness in movies? Yeah. I never even thought of that one second. No. The house is a dump. Don't get me wrong. Yeah.
1: Let's hire a child under false pretense to give us the plot. Sue Ellen Swell Crandall recently graduated high school. She's one of those kids whose birthday falls in a way so that she's 17 when she graduates. I only mention this for logic because she's a minor. And that is the answer to a lot of why questions. Oh, yeah. Because I'm always like, why doesn't she do this? Why doesn't she? Oh, she's a minor. Her friends are going to Europe for the summer and it, they act like it's this nonchalant thing like, oh, oh. we're going to Europe again. Yeah, whatever. We're and, going to France, swell. But, swell cannot afford to take the trip however her mom is taking a trip to australia Good day, mate with her boyfriend to be specific paul hogan (laughs) knife sue ellen thinks she's going to have a dope summer of freedom until her mom hires a live-in babysitter who is a raggedy old bitch oh yeah all right you little maggots now line up time to go over the rules excuse me are you serious
4: You can't run a tight ship without rules. Now, move! Geez, what's this lady's problem? Skin? Yeah, skeleton skin. Look, lady,
0: I don't know what your deal is, but you're not here to order us around.
4: I've had about enough of your lip, Missy. Cooperate, or I'll make your summer a living.
3: Hell!
1: She's a tyrant to Sue Ellen, her siblings, Kenny, Zach, Melissa, and Walter. However, it doesn't last long as Mrs. Sturak, the babysitter, she dies in her sleep. I think this is day one. It's literally the night of day one. She tells them all the rules, lays the rules down, goes in Kenny's room, and then they find her dead in like a sofa.
2: Which makes me think that's why the babysitter thing was a complete afterthought because they're like, let's get her out of the movie quick.
1: But again, I think the original scripts were more along the lines of like heavily involving the babysitter babysitter like yeah. the whole plot revolved around killing the babysitter uh this is where we get a little wtf after sue allen finds the body they're afraid that their mom will blame them for the death of the babysitter well, and fly home from australia you think so instead of calling the cops they decide to stuff the body in a trunk drop it off at a funeral home with a note saying nice old lady inside Died of natural cause. No further investigation needed. None. They keep Mrs. Sturek's car so they've got some wheels because their mom didn't want them driving her Volvo. Eh, grand Theft Auto. The money envelope their mom left them basically to survive the summer. It's empty. And they assume that the money is with Mrs. Sturek's body, which they've dropped off at the funeral home. Sue Ellen gets a job at a fast food joint called Clown Dog. Ugh. She likes her coworker Brian, but she quits because of the obnoxious manager, Mr. Egg.
2: Well, how's the scrum and dubbing going? Now you're almost doing that correctly, but you forgot one very big thing.
0: What, not
1: of cleanser?
2: Nope. Forgot to put on a
1: happy face.
2: Next, you get to scrape the spitballs off the drive-thru window with a really fun squeegee.
1: His name's Mister Egg. Mister Egg. Fuck that guy. Yeah, because uh, at one point Brian says, "Like, well, you really scrambled, Mister Egg. Oh, something stupid." I'm glad I missed that. Uh, Sue Ellen then makes a fabricated resume, hoping to get a secretary job in an apparel company.
2: She literally copied it from a resume book. She
1: did, but her overembellished resume gets her hired as an executive assistant. Was executive assistant?
2: <laughs>
5: They're looking for a receptionist to replace Carol, and she's supposed to move up to be my executive administrative assistant. I can't stand her. So do me a favor, you be my assistant, and I'll just tell him I hired outside the company. Well, what about the receptionist, job? What, are you burnt out? You want to take a step down? Well, I won't let you. I need you. Besides, you're so overqualified for entry level, it's ridiculous. For god's sake, you're a Vassar gal. I mean, you'd much rather be my executive assistant. Please say yes.
1: Yes. In the middle of the movie, basically where we're at here, Sue Ellen pretty much drowning in her job, having no idea what she's doing, but she's rewarded for being good at pawning off her work. Mrs. Sturak's car is stolen by drag queens. Sue Ellen starts to steal petty cash from work that... She, at one point, intends to return. Oh, she's embezzling. Her young brother, Walter, buys a TV entertainment system with the petty cash. And, <laughs> th- and then he breaks his leg, falling off the roof, adjusting the antenna. He
2: should have fucking died, okay?
1: Sue Ellen's brother, Zach, steals some of the petty cash and uses it to buy a diamond ring for his girlfriend, Cynthia. And Sue Ellen is full on living a double life. So basically, she has this jealous coworker Carolyn, who's like trying to out who Sue Ellen's real identity
2: is. Who was in Kindergarten Cop, remember her? No. The kid who was getting abused. Oh, yeah. That's the
1: mother. Oh, and he threatens her. Yeah. Nice. Carolyn turns out to be Brian's sister. So Sue Ellen not only must dodge Carolyn and Brian, but she must
2: dodge advances from her boss's boyfriend, Gus. How did I not realize that Brian is her brother? I thought they were secretly seeing each other. No,
1: that's her brother. That'd have been weird. Because there's the whole scene where the food's on the counter, and she goes, well, why would they deliver out here? And she goes, because my brother Brian drives the clown dog. Truck.
2: So missed that. I got a logic point about that
1: truck. When the apparel company is in jeopardy of closing, Sue Ellen takes it upon herself to create a new clothing line.
5: Rose, I have an idea. Sue Ellen, this is going to save our collective asses. It's fabulous. Now, I don't want New York to know anything about this because they've never approved funding. So you'll need to rent a banquet hall. You do have enough from petty cash, right? Well, Rose, I have to tell you something. Go ahead, honey. You know, banquet
0: halls are so impersonal. My house is fabulous. We can have it there. It'll be absolutely perfect.
1: She's supposed to use the petty cash to host an exhibit at a banquet hall. But since the petty cash is gone, she offers to host the party at her house. With the help of her siblings, they pull the party off, but it blows up in the end. Brian interrupts the party in his clown dog truck. Mrs. Crandall arrives home early. Rose breaks up with Gus when he's exposed as a creep. In the end, Rose still offers Sue Ellen a job regardless.
5: Sue Ellen, the buyers didn't care anything about that scene. They're all just a bunch of old whores. <laughs> they loved your ideas. I see nothing but dollar signs. As a matter of fact, they complimented me on hiring a teenager to gain market perspective. So <laughs> I got seven meetings set up next week alone. They want the new G.A.W. line. But what about everything else? I mean, I lied to you. A terrible person. Well. I suppose you'll grow out of that
1: coolest boss ever. She's awesome, but Sue Ellen declines so she can go to college. Stupid. She makes up with Brian, but they're interrupted by Mrs. Crandall asking where the babysitter is, and then mid-credits, two cemetery workers are going to use the money from Mrs. Sturak's body to go to Vegas. Nice old lady. Her gravestone reads, just as the note they left, nice old lady inside, died of natural causes. Let's get into characters. Christina Applegate as Sue Allen Swell Crandall, written for owner Rider. Okay, I can see that. But She wanted to bang Eddie Scissors instead of the clown dog guy. She was filming Edward Scissorhands. Big mistake. Justine Bateman got the role, but then dropped out. Ed O'Neill was friends with the producer on this movie and got a script in the hands of Christina Applegate. All right. So the rest was history. They were on um, Married with Children. There you go. Married with Children at the time. Joanna Cassidy is Rose Lindsay. Do not know her from anything before or after. I don't either. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. John Getz is Gus Brandon. What a creep.
2: Break down some of those corporate barriers. Right. And by the end of lunch, we'll probably be sharing our intimate histories, stories of our first time. Next thing you know, we'll be sharing a cigarette in post-coital bliss.
0: Are you talking about us having sex?
2: Hey, hold on, slow down, you're moving too fast for me. (laughs) But if that scenario interests you, it can be arranged. And if it doesn't, uh, I was kidding. He was the guy in The Fly. He was the only one to be in both Fly movies. Okay. Yeah, he was the guy who had his arm acid off. His
1: facial expressions in this movie are so uncomfortable. It's too hammy. Yeah. Way too hammy for the role. Keith Coogan is Kenny Crandall. He's the second oldest Crandall. Coogan is also in Adventures in Babysitting. Fuck yes. They're not all that different. Both movies are PG-13 despite using the F word. More than once in a non-sexual way, because if you use the f-word more than once in a non-sexual way, it has to get a rating change. Right. But both of these movies do that, and neither are—you know—both are PG-13. Don't fuck with the babysitter. Coogan did get to wear two custom three-thousand-dollar wigs in order to have the stoner hair. Oh, so lucky a for that's him. a rip-off. Josh Charles as Brian, as Jim mentioned. Conchetta Tomei as Mrs. Crandall. David Duchovny as Bruce. I think it was his first film role. Kimmy Robertson as Kathy Henderson. You'd recognize her from some things in the 80s and 90s. Jane Brooke as Carolyn. Etta Rice Marin as Mrs. Sturak. Robert Gorman as Walter. You'll notice him in a bunch of He's stuff. He's in a the ton 80s of and stuff. Too. Daniel Harris as Melissa Crandall. Daniel Harris, of course, from Halloween 4, four. and 5. Yeah, there you go. Jennifer Love Hewitt originally cast. But Kids Incorporated would contractually oh. not allow her to be in the
2: movie. So that sucked.
1: This is a sad one. Christopher Pettier is Zach yeah. Randall. Production almost completely halted because of his drug addiction.
2: And that's what ended up costing him his life in 2000. Yeah,
1: this that was you know, nine years after this movie. But he was 14 or 15 at the time it this filmed. Hardcore. And they had to cut some of his scenes in order to keep production on schedule because he physically was unable to film. Which is just At that age- insane and why didn't they cast someone else and have an intervention and you would think get him some help. Finally I'll mention Kenny's friends are named Lizard, Mole, Hellhound, and, Lizard, Skull. Mole, Hellhound, and Skull. How did Kenny not get a cool nickname? <laughs> Kenny? Kenny, Skull, Mole, Hellhound. Lady. I want to be called Sword Fighter. Sword Fight
2: Guy. Which actor or
1: actress gives a past performance does any non-lead character still see?
2: I kind of have two. Josh Charles is Brian, the clown dog guy.
4: My parents want me to go to UCSD. They have a really good oceanography program there. Well, that's cool. Yeah, but I'm not so sure. I mean, I figured I'd keep saving up for it anyway, you know? It's the only reason I'm still a clown dog after nine months. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I always thought that my parents had this big college fund for me somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah, me
0: too. But I guess that's only on the savings and loan commercials, you know?
4: Yeah. It's like, a, I don't know if I want oceanography to be my life, you know? I mean, I love it. But it's like once you decide
2: on something, it's all planned out. And her boss, she's what a fucking cool boss. That's awesome. All they do is hang out. She pawns her work off, gets caught with it. She's fine with it. They just sit around Indian style, smoking cigarettes like there's no tomorrow.
5: Here's another one. In Minneapolis, an 11th grader beat up a schoolmate over a rhinestone leather jacket and a pair of Fiorucci jeans. I just don't think that kids are going to want to wear
0: uniforms. I mean, don't you think that they're kind of plain, kind of boring? Frankly,
5: it's not up to the students to decide. Next week, I'll sit the superintendent of schools down over Eggs Florentine, and I'll convince him that mandatory school uniforms are necessary for the safety of our school children. Not to mention boosting GAW's sales. It'll be absolutely perfect.
2: Planning an the next dress thing, and she has 48-hour I- orgasms. Exactly. But, like... I remember Josh Charles because he played Knox Overstreet in Dead Poet Society. Not, that was his name? Knox, Knox Overstreet. Overstreet. Wow. I'll never forget that because Robin Williams is spectacular in that movie. But I thought Josh Charles was fucking great. It's just like
1: a he's a role that's yeah. like whatever. He wants to watch the Grunion run. He's dialed into that like what I'll call like that Tom Hanks charm. Oh yeah. So it's like that type like he absolutely could have done like a bachelor party type of like role and I think he would have nailed it. He I don't remember him from a lot of stuff yeah but yeah and and for me rose awesome
2: uh so let's move on to best scenes my first one stuck out the toys r us montage yeah i knew you would like the fucking nostalgia remember these things
4: they're great come
0: on bounce with me yeah come on i feel stupid We are too old to bounce
4: oh come on bouncing is an ageless pastime man come on
0: would you feel more
4: comfortable
5: if i started bouncing first no
2: they're going through an old school toys r us on like a bouncy ball yeah and i'm just looking at you know it's toys r us like you it's just so recognizable Oh, the, the blue color the signage and you're looking at all the fucking toys and it was just nostalgia but as a whole within the movie it's her and brian you know finally just bonding and swell I hate saying swell. Sue Ellen can be a kid, even though she's the oldest 17-year-old I've ever seen in my life. But they're bonding, they're falling in love, but at the greatest place in the world, Canadians, I'm jealous, coming up to you this year, hopefully, to visit a Toys R Us.
1: I have the, the best scene in the movie, the fashion show at the Crandall House. Oh, it's so weird. It's the best.
5: To conduct our presentation, I'd like to introduce to you our hostess, our recently named Employee of the Month, and the woman responsible for all you're going to view tonight, Sue Ellen Crandall. Thank you, Liz.
0: Welcome, everyone. For 12 years, General Apparel West has enjoyed a solid reputation as the manufacturer of quality uniforms. But times, they are a-changing. We're growing. We're expanding. We're approaching the millennium with a fresh attitude and a fresh look. And what we have for you tonight is a preview of the General Apparel West to come. (coughs) Carol West proudly presents the teenage fashion wave of the
1: future. There's a montage where they clean the house and get it ready because ever since mom's been gone and the babysitter's been dead, it's squalor. They just, they don't clean up anything. They eat garbage everywhere and all that. So they have to clean up the mess for one, but somehow it's like they do that impossible thing. They like fill up the swimming pool and get it crystal clear. Yeah. They paint the house, which it seems entirely unnecessary. Kenny makes all this food. They have like, you know. Somehow
2: Kenny being a stoner, him watching Julia Child TV shows has turned him into a baker and a cook. Just a cook.
1: They get the house ready. They have Kenny's friends directing traffic and and they have the quote directed at David Duchovny, which I love.
4: Park it yourself, Metallica Brett.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's really what does it for me. Sue Allen's friends doing the very 90s fashion show. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. It's what really makes it.
2: But they know their production cues and everything. They
1: have like rehearsed the whole thing. There's lighting. There's terrible 90s music. But then fucking Brian has to ruin the whole thing. That fucking car. And the logic there is why doesn't Brian notice that something's going on there?
4: Well, it's me. It's Brian. Hey, listen, so all we gotta talk about this. forget about this other guy, we can work this out. It was really stupid what happened the I mean, I don't know if it was some kind of communication note down or what.
0: Katrina, our chef, is
4: really cooking in a,
0: her out. scarf and... She's whipping I'm up excitement in her boots. The Thank you,
2: Katrina. The There's tons He's of cars. He's driving
1: around the perimeter of the house. There's 500 cars there. Yeah. He drives into the backyard, gets out of his car, and goes, you're having a party? Like,
2: you dumb fuck. No. What do you think? We just, we, each of us owns 50 cars. So my next one is I like when Kenny finally gets the gumption to stand up to Sue Ellen. Yeah.
0: Did you burn something? Yeah, well, maybe if you'd called and told me we were going to be like three and a half hours late, I could have planned my dinner better. I had to work late, okay? You still should have called. I sat and I waited. I went ahead and I fed the kids. I worked all day on that casserole. Sorry. You haven't even said how nice the house looks. You're off at the office all day doing interesting office things. I'm stuck here cooking and cleaning and mowing, helping Melissa with her fastball, being a role model for Zach, spending quality time with Walter, doing your party shit. You've got the car and you don't even take me anywhere anymore. And when was the last time we went out to dinner together, huh? You know what? I'm sick and tired of not being appreciated. I appreciate you.
2: Eat shit! Him in his $3,000 stoner wig, Standing up to swell is that okay? He still had the stoner wig at that time. Yes, he did the
1: haircut before he
2: got the normal coogs. Yeah,
1: and then that whole scene—that's at the party as well. When he gets the haircut, and uh, one of Sue Allen's frenzy is the crush on—I can't remember which one. Oh shit, yeah, whatever her name, Nicole. Nicole, and 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 Nicole does the lip bite. She goes, "Kenny," and then she does like a lip bite and like a nod. I'm like, "Yeah, get some." Yeah, he's no longer a
2: stoner. He Uh, now wants to go to culinary school.
1: Sue Allen's first day on the job.
5: Hey. Archway, these are your things. Mm -hmm. Rolodex, there's your computer, Wordstar, and Lotus. There's your mouse. Refrigerator's over there. Just leave a list with Carol and she'll stock it for you. Okay, okay. Are you all right? Yeah,
1: great. Which apparently is a Friday afternoon because, like, she comes in for like two hours and it's like, I'll see you Monday. And then Rose doesn't even introduce herself to Sue Allen until like, she's already has a desk and is like, he is hired. Here,
2: they'll stock your fridge, let them know, here's where
1: the petty cash is. Oh, by the way, I'm Rose Lindsay, senior vice president of whatever. Jesus. There's no vetting. But Rose's awesome. She's like great. Gus and Carolyn are the worst. Carolyn is such a bitch.
2: She's a, see you next Tuesday. such
1: a creep. And then that evening so drag queens steal the car Too they go to like foo. a chuck e cheese yeah and kenny and sue allen are sitting there all the kids are playing and then as they're leaving eliza minnelli steals yeah. the, uh, buick. the buick are those drag queens
3: oh, the what's drag queen that's our car let's go let's go hey what are you queens doing in our car Liza?
1: And then they call Brian, who comes and he's the only one she knows that has a ride. Yeah, but so all of that's included. The first day at work, the Chuck E. Cheese, for the nostalgia,
2: and then, you know, we get the, the Liza Minnelli stealing Buick. My last one is the confession of mom at the end.
0: Who are these people? Mom, calm down. I will not calm down. Walter. What happened to Walter? I had a little accident, but everything is taken care of. I have excellent medical coverage and we will clean up the party, okay? But come on, Mom, you've had a long flight and you're cranky. I have had a very rough night. So why don't you just go upstairs and take a nap and tomorrow morning, Kenny will whip up a batch of Belgian waffles and we'll sit down and discuss this like adults, all right? Fine. Kenny, Zach, why don't you guys go wrap up the party, okay? Okay. And Melissa, why don't you help off the
5: bed? All right, Mommy. <laughs> I mean, well.
0: Thank you. Kenny? you do to yourself we'll talk
2: about it in the morning mom. but for now why don't you just go to your room well mom shows up during the fashion show wow wow but it's like sue you got some explaining to do yeah honey. it's like in the like she
1: obviously sees that something happens but she's like swell and it's, yeah. like, it's real weird
2: but then they go back into the house and it's as if Suellen is the mom yeah it says mom why don't you go to bed she kisses her brothers and sisters yeah, and good her night. sister, i think mistakenly says like okay mommy mom, and, and, and okay sorry Suellen. and you just see the mom's reaction don't you think it's such a weird balance because she comes home to oh her backyard full of people but the house is immaculate yeah. it's painted Well, mom's impressed by that her mom's not even mad but it's as if Suellen is basically telling her mom as if it's her kid why don't you go up go to bed we'll talk about this in the morning it's real
1: weird because yeah just the mom's like not that mad and like sue Ellen's like real pushy but i like to think that scene that scene alone like everything it's just reflective of the amount of trauma Oh, yeah. And now all the therapy that the young Crandall kids are going to need. Because, like, the sister has become so used to her older sister being her mom that she's calling her mom, uh, which she's told to do. Yeah. But, like... To keep up the
2: illusion. Yeah.
1: All right. I've got Walter ordering that kick-ass TV setup. up. Crandall House, we got your home
3: entertainment
1: center. Yeah. Uh, set it up right over there. That set up, dude. Wow. He just uh, install it right over there. So he steals the petty cash and he buys like a TV that's got like the built in everything and the entertainment system. And then they set it up. The picture won't come in. Yeah. So he has to climb up on the roof. And meanwhile, he falls off the roof. He's like hanging from a branch. He does. While Kenny and all his stoner friends are like in there. And he's like, uh, I like, I don't know if that's when they're eating the waffles. The one waffle that his friend like, I request more. It's like something. It's like rosemary something.
2: It's Yeah,
1: it's like so the weird. Dogs hide. Walter falls, breaks his leg. Walter should be dead. And then we get the reveal that Zach bought his girlfriend Cynthia a diamond, and Cynthia and Melissa bought herself a bike. How
0: could you do this? You would never steal from Mom. That's because Mom never had that much. There's only thirty dollars left.
5: Well, you should see the Jaja diamond ring he bought for Cynthia.
0: You bought her a diamond. How much was it, Zach?
5: It was a chip. We'll get it back from her. Diamonds are forever. Hey, and I needed a new bike, and I got Walter the new Home Edition of Super Password, and Elvis' new chew toy. You have spent over three thousand dollars.
1: His voice is really bizarre. Maybe it was the drugs. So maybe that's it that was. It's that. like he didn't
2: hit puberty.
1: I right. saw still had a high voice Maybe he's on
2: Cynthia,
3: come back, Cynthia yeah. When
1: they're on the date in the car so And the weird. babysitter she He's like, I'm on a date here I'm on a date here And uh, Cynthia leaves Get out of here Alright, I think it's time To move on to our first pool check of 2023
2: Everybody get out of the pool Cause the babysitter's <laughs> lost
1: that was perfect. I loved it. I try. Our pool jack was suggested by Corey Reisinger, who has been on the show a couple times. Hey, it's Corey, your best lifeguard. And this is the Pool Scene Podcast. It's a great one. He suggested this to me a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, that is Fucking very deep. heavy. And I was like, we cannot put that on one of these like shitty Christmas no, episodes. No, Not that no, the episodes no. are bad, but you know what I mean. Uh, he asked us what would be the soundtrack to our lives. This is
2: relatively easy for me, surprisingly
1: enough. I This is really interesting because my first thought was like i want to curate this like a real movie soundtrack so maybe like all of the songs i select are in the same genre or maybe even the same artist yeah to tell your story or the other method would be to like make songs that are period specific to times in my life like if if my life was told as a movie you know if something happened in 1991 you should pick a 1991 song or whatever but i chose chaos i just picked songs that I thought fit facets of my life. That's what I did. I'll go first because I actually have more than five. You fucking broke the rules again. Uh, it's my, it's our podcast. And you do what you want. Um, I decided my soundtrack would be a coming of age story about my life and it starts out as a little bit of a bummer so I'm going to warn you now. Not to get too emotional. I had a rough upbringing. Some very unfair things happened to me. They, they still honestly leave behind like a lot of trauma, a lot of PTSD led to some less than stellar decision making in my past. Oftentimes like, I feel like there's a rain cloud over me, like nothing goes right. So the first song on my soundtrack is The Smiths' Please, Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want.
3: So please, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me get what I want this time.
1: Not a lot of lyrics to this one, but pretty self-explanatory. Like, basically, let something go right for once. Like,
2: please let something work out. Let's let me get what I want. So that's my my first one. So my first one, growing up, before my parents got married in 90 which I was eight I was raised by my I was raised by my mom my grandmother my grandfather not knowing until you get older how much you appreciate you know like what my mom did my mom basically was taking care of me and my grandparents my grandparents just didn't have the money so there were certain aspects in my life that like the good times like before my grandfather died suddenly in 87 I would remember like certain songs would stick out where it was just like okay everything's good in the world and that for me was Huey Lewis in the news the power of love That song, like the first time I saw Back to the Future. As a kid, I was obsessed with vehicles and TV shows and movies. Those were the thing. You know, the DeLorean kit, the truck from Fall Guy. It just made my childhood so much better. So when I heard The Power of Love, I can remember my mom going out to Toys R Us and buying me a remote control DeLorean from Back to the Future. And I would love rewatching the scene where you hear Power of Love in the movie over and over so I could hear the song. Great scene, by the way. It's a fucking great scene. But I would play that song over and over again, and that song has just stuck with me, not just because of the movie, the times in my life growing up where everything was just good and everything was clicking. And, and, and the
1: lyrics reflect, you know, yeah, don't
2: need money, don't need fame. Don't need anything. It's just the power of love. It was awesome. It always meant so much to me. And then when I got to see Huey Lewis in the news back in 2015 and he played it, it just capped the whole thing off for yeah. me, man.
1: My number two, uh, a band and a song, you know, not very many listeners uh, will get, but... Kudos if you do. Shout out to, to the few of you. A group called The Weaker Thans, a Canadian band, and the song is called Utilities.
4: In the corners of the basements of the world Guess
3: our wishes don't do dishes Or break repairs. Make them something
4: so
1: So with things being tough growing up, like it put me in the mindset that like, even from a young age, something that's not really fair to a child is that I just always wanted to feel like useful and needed. Yeah. Like I just wanted to feel like I mattered to somebody. So the song sums that up and it says like, there's a lyric that says, I just wish I were a toothbrush or a solder gun. Make me something somebody can use. And that's like, I always felt that way growing up. Like I just like, I'll be whatever you need me to be if it means that you need me. So that's uh, Weaker Than Utilities.
2: It's so my next one. Once again, we're sticking in the 80s. My mom, you know, worked a couple jobs at a time. She worked at Packard, sometimes midnight shift, sometimes afternoon, sometimes a bartender on the weekend, and she would be a softball coach for the uh, Ladybirds back in the day. So my mom had a 77 Camaro that started getting beat up, and she finally saved up enough money to get a quote-unquote new car that was used, which I'll never forget was a 1985 silver Dodge Omni with red interior. All right. And I still have like a Hot Wheels car I used to play on the back there deck because the hot wheel is stained from the back deck. But I'll never forget my mom going to Kmart when it was a normal size Kmart buying Whitney Houston's first album. Nice. My mom loved and would always play the greatest love of all in that car. and it would make my mom so damn happy. Like she would sing this song. My mom couldn't carry a tune. Love <laughs> her. To, you know, rest in peace, mom. But she would sing the greatest love of all. And I'd hear it in the house so many times. Fast forward to when I DJ'd. when I would DJ at the bar every weekend, my regulars. Every now and then I'd like to end the night with something different. So a group of us would get together just to be a couple weeks in a row. And we'd all sing the greatest love of That's all. That's fantastic. And hit my buddy Rico. And I would just hit the high note every time. And then I can remember, and I don't know if you remember this, Back in the day on cable television, there was like channel 16 on TCI, which it would just show ads and would play background music and the greatest love of all would always play and it would make me think of my mom. So this point in my life, every time I hear Whitney Houston, I remember buying the cassette again. It's just so many great memories of that song. Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all.
1: All right. So moving past like a lot of, you know, the bad stuff, the trauma and all that. So something I did a lot to get through the song daydreaming by middle brother. So all right.
3: Can't I close my eyes and wander back to sleep?
1: Just a romantic like folk song about daydreaming. So like I, I tend to romanticize like lots of things and and just like constantly envisioning like scenarios in my mind and wishing for better things. And like, I still, again, certainly do my share of daydreaming and like what could, what can be so daydreaming by
2: middle brother. All right. So let's jump into high school. Now we're into mid to late 1990s. You guys know on a podcast, I tried (laughs) like hell to try to get girls to pay attention to me and or get laid guess what folks that didn't happen till I turned 24 but in high school I was like what can I get girls what can I do to get girls to pay attention to me more how can I relate to girls more to make them look at me and go man fucking he's got the right stuff James Clifford yes that's right JC in the house so I can remember going up into my bedroom watching MTV learning all the boy band dances learned them all back right center i remember where would you expect to use these school dances that i never went to (laughs) um yeah i learned all this shit but i was too shy i was very introverted at the time but the one song that i thought would seal the deal for me in syncs i want you back perfect dance took me forever. I remember getting my car, my first car, which was a 97 Dodge Neon going out to national record Mart, buying the DVD of all the InSync music videos and watching it back and forth, back and forth, coming down for dinner sweating and my mom <laughs> and dad are like, would be like Dynamite. yeah, And my mom and dad are like, what are you listening to up there? And I was so embarrassed. Like I didn't want people to know I was learning this shit, but I learned them all. Guess what? Didn't fucking work till later, until later when I was DJing yeah, and it became you know, a novelty like, yes. and all the girls would be like, that's so fucking cool. And it helped later on in life. But that song, that moment in time, I had the dyed blonde hair like Justin Timberlake. I did it all. I want you back in sync. Yeah, the uh,
1: that's like uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. The, yeah. uh, the mystery tool is a tool we put in our toolbox to use later. Exactly. My number four, uh, I've devolved enough to the point where this is probably my favorite song. It's the RoboCop Game Boy title theme. <laughs> I wish it were on Spotify nice. because I'm pretty sure I would be the, the top listener. This is a very JP from grandma's boy answer. Cause this would, you'd like it if you had robot ears, uh, this would probably be the score to my life in a movie because honestly, just like this answer, I don't take a lot of things in my life as seriously as I should. And I'd probably be further ahead if I just, you know, I, I don't take things as seriously as I should. So it's a pretty unserious song to put on this list, but I legit love this song. Yeah. It's way too like
2: good, to be good and Boy.
1: rad for like its application. It is just entirely like, it's too good for what it, what it is. So.
2: So my next one, moving a little head into the 90s, early 21st century. Very influenced by movies. I mean, shit, we're doing a movie podcast. My senior year, and we've covered this movie, was very influenced by American Pie. I literally was Jim from American Pie. I tried like hell to get laid, like I said, with my previous selection. This time, Blink-182, damn it. When I
3: move, I'm flailing now, and it's happening once again. I'll turn to a friend, someone that understands. The master plan, but everybody is gone, and I've been here for too long. The to faces are like, oh, well, I guess this is Well, I guess this is growing up.
2: That song. Was the anthem of my senior year of high school. I can remember running out and buying Dude Ranch, just listening to that song over and over and over again. I can't think of a perfectly curated time being a senior in high school, you know, going from 96 to 2000. Those group of movies, those groups of songs perfectly just was the epitome of my life. And damn it, was that one where it was like, I feel like I can fucking do anything. I can go out. I'm an 18 year old kid. You know batting down the hatches damn everything else but man that song was you know i guess that's why it's growing up the best that,
1: that song probably is indicative of a pool check that just i thought we should probably do someday which is what i would describe as a nice weather song yeah so the weather changes windows down you want to put the windows down and you're that's a windows down change of weather song my number five dungeon family rolling don't the
2: color outside the lines and no-
1: So I've always had a soft spot for rap and R&B. Like growing up, yeah. I really liked rap and r and I even, I really, really love a lot of like the soul music that inspired rap and R&B. And it's probably because like growing up, my mom really liked Marvin Gaye, like soul music, oh, yeah, liked all that stuff. Ray Charles, you know, just all that music and then what it influenced. My mom also really liked Tupac. So, But specifically what I like in this song is the CeeLo verse, which has the lyrics until you're truly ready to say fuck your fear you're not alive you don't have to settle and be stuck right here which I think that would apply to anyone's soundtrack you you never have to settle and say this is it you can always move forward it reminds me a lot of my literal like favorite quote it's F Scott Fitzgerald it's from Benjamin Button and it says I'm gonna read it uh, for what it's worth it's never too late or in my case too early to be whoever you want to be there's no time limit stop when you want. You can change or you can stay the same. There are no rules to this thing. We can make the best of it or the worst of it. I hope you make the best of it. And I hope you see things that startle you. I hope you feel things you've never felt before. I hope you meet people with a different point of view. I hope you live a life you're proud of. If you find that you're not, I hope you have the courage to start all over again. So I'm not, that's the end of it. I'm not where I want to be. I mean, personally, professionally. I don't think anybody ever is. And I'm not at the finish line, but I am proud of what I've accomplished. I've accomplished more than I thought I would, but I want to keep going. Oh yeah
2: you know i'm I'm ready to keep going so my final one and it is literally me so much growing up trying like once a say goes back to girls just trying to get any girl to pay attention to me and the one girl that does I would fall in love with like a Oh my God! I found her. I love her, Jim. What What do you love about her? I don't know. She's talking to me. <laughs> she makes me feel good. I got butterflies and a boner. You know, that's what a girl talking to me. I thought was love, but inevitably in the end, I would get my heart crushed. That is why "Go Wests, King of Wishful Thinking" is my fucking theme song to my entire life. I don't know how many times I've tried to get over somebody. I know I would, but it was just the hardest thing to ever get through. Hence why I was always the king of wishful thinking and God willing, one day, one of these days, the money lines up the whole smash. Kevin and I will take my boat out called the king of wishful thinking on Lake Erie and just crank this song to the max. I don't care who I piss off or we'll just leave in your driveway. Exactly. Lethal lethal weapon. weapon. We just sit and drink Schlitz beer in my driveway on the King of Wishful Thinking, listen to King of Wishful Thinking, because I am the King of Wishful Thinking.
1: You are, you have a unique ability to be, I don't even know what term I'm going to use. You're very optimistic. And it's like you somehow managed to just like <laughs> ignore, like- You're not, you're the opposite of a cautious, optimistic. You're like, you just ignore what could happen or what, you know, you're, you're, I I respect it. Yeah. So finally for me, people probably at this point, people probably think I'm a big downer, but contrary to all of that, like, I'm always trying to get weird. I love having stupid fun. I love like immature things. I like having a good time. I'm always, always up to have some fun. Like, like going to the beach. I like just being, I love the summer. I love like screwing around. I always, always want to do something weird. Always up for adventure. And I always say that anytime we do one of these lists, I'm going to pick this song. And I think it represents the spirit of stupid, weird fun as well. It's Prefab Sprout, the King of Rock and Roll. Oh, that fucking song. (laughs) So I'm, I'm always going to pick it if there's a music list where we uh, have open-ended choices. So I just think it it sums up just the
2: spirit of dumb weirdness. You know, one song I would also pick for you, though, if I had a choice, Orbital Bebop. Yeah. And the funny thing is, though, watched a movie this past week. And I can remember as a kid called Electric Dreams. Huh. That is the only time besides their album that song was ever featured in a movie was Orbital Bebop. Really? In Electric Dreams Wow Fucking blew my mind That's crazy yeah. I, I didn't know that Because every time We would road trip We'd yeah. always listen To Orbital Bebop Yeah
1: and I think That song could be Probably swapped out For Prehab Sprout yeah. I mean any Any weird fun 80s Ridiculous song Like that So alright Let's let's uh, let's get back In the swimming pool
2: Swell Um, You got to do Something about the pool Because there, there is a pool In this one Holy shit there is Because they yes. repainted it yeah. Somebody get The clown dog guy Out of the pool <laughs>
0: We are a family of felons. Our summer freedom is gonna be a winter prison if I don't get some help. Now, I want this place spick and span by Saturday night or I'm turning us all in. Are you with me? Hmm?
3: Guys, what do you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Come on, what yeah. do you say? All right. Yeah! All right, well, we're with you, rock and roll!
1: All right, critical question, the first of 2023. All right. Uh, this movie has more cigarette smoking than like a Tarantino movie. It's phenomenal. Did you ever think smoking looked cool?
2: I just thought it was something like my mom smoked, and I just thought that's what you did as a kid. So that's what you did. I never had any inclination of wanting to smoke ever. Yeah, I always. I remember taking a. It's like a kid. Your mom leaves a cigarette on the you ashtray. Took a drag. And your took a drag, Took a drag off my mom's cig when I was like four, <laughs> and I almost threw the <laughs> fuck up. And that's the only time I ever did it. My dad back in the seventies. My dad used to be a hardcore really? smoker, but all power to him. One day he just said, I don't want to do this anymore. And he literally just stopped. Like
1: Forrest Gump.
2: Yeah. Did uh, you ever
1: think it was? No, I always thought it sucked. I literally, if if I were to make like a, I don't know, what's like the whole, like turn-ons and turn-offs. Like yeah. to me, there is nothing worse than smoking it is just like so stupid like i i've just never seen any benefit to it whatsoever Plus, it's
2: not really that much of a thing anymore well i mean in europe and you go to yeah, france everybody just, and her mother yeah
1: but like i my dad smoked pretty much you know until he went to the hospital and died like yeah he smoked like his whole life and my dad would do this thing where he'd like go he wasn't allowed to smoke in the house but he would like go out the front door smoke and then like walk back in the so house it's like, well, you and it's just, like yeah yeah and it's like he'd still smell like he just ripped a dart you know and, see uh,
2: like growing up in a household where my mom smoked like a chin my mom yeah. would smoke like two packs yeah a day. you don't know that you smell like smoke right i didn't realize that until i moved out my first time yeah i can no. remember you smelling like smoke remember, remember how
1: are you like coming you'd wear your leather
2: jacket yeah. or whatever and i'd remember you smelled like a smoker and i never ever realized that until i finally moved out yeah. and, and then you're, you're away from it yeah And you're like, holy fuck, my clothes reek. I don't know how many times I had to wash my shit to get it off bad. Yeah,
1: it's... I, I don't really see any, like some people say it's, it's just like relaxing or like, you know, they, whatever yeah. you're stressed
2: out, you smoke a cigarette. And like, but man, in this movie, like swelling oh, and her boss are just like, boom, boom,
1: boom, it's boom. Like they were on big cigarettes payroll because yeah. it's like, it's 91. It's not even like, this was like 85. Yeah. This was 91. Like things I think were starting to change, but yeah. Wow. Crazy. All right. Um, someone I don't want to hire at my company, minor adult, anything. David McCall
2: has swe- well remember me i worked at the clown dog you want a cigarette i'm gonna fucking kill you You
3: it could have been different mr walker you should have allowed nature to take its course
1: all right let's start i have a lot yes um, i have a ton okay so sue ellen thought that they were like her and her family her and her siblings were going to be alone as of an hour and a half prior to her mom leaving yep She's at the store with her friends. They're talking about going to Europe. And she's like, oh, I'm going to have the most amazing summer. It's just going to be me and, and the siblings. Isn't your mom gone? Oh, about an hour and a half from now. So it seems like from purely a planning perspective that she would have told them about the live-in babysitter. You would think. Do they live across the street from the airport? Because it's, I mean, it's pre-9-11, but yeah. it's like she is an hour and a half before her mom's leaving. She still has not told them about the babysitter about the summer about and it's just it's way it it gives me
2: anxiety and i even think in 1991 tsa there wasn't really much of a security thing but granted she's going to australia she's leaving the country even in 1991 you'd want to get there at least two hours before your flight
1: yeah and she's this is probably like a 15 hour flight or something five
2: layovers yikes yeah it's crazy so my big one that drove me nuts does brian not have a normal car and why does he have (laughs) access to the clown dog mobile yes on personal time on personal why the fuck would you want to take that anywhere even because the goddamn the sound goes every time you move yeah like
1: so everything about it is a logic point because if it's his personal vehicle he's a minor like everything about it's weird yes if it's not his personal vehicle then that means he like bailed on deliveries to come pick them up mr
2: egg which what a name seems to be the most his ass is water tight to the point he would know where that fucking truck is oh, at yeah. any given time yeah he low jacked it yes he 91 low jacked it what how does he walk to
1: work then without the clown mobile i think he just don't it's like a cop car that he parks in his driveway
2: and stuff and to be quite honest with you with sue ellen let's okay plain devil's advocate if you were dating somebody and they showed up and they literally said this is my vehicle this is the, this is my clown dog mobile what the fuck would you think would you not have questions be like where's your normal car oh no this is my ride i have hot dogs in here too which is fucking <laughs> cool but still what is happening come on man you were fucking you were in a poetry college poetry college yeah dead Poets society <laughs> oh okay <laughs> oh captain my captain yeah the
1: mom this one's just more personal that bothers me the mom is only 37 or at least she said like so the daughter says like mom why are you going on a trip and she says i've had a rough 37 years the mom does not look great for 37 she's had a rough like what well, do you see the fucking squalor she lives in the actress playing her would have been i think 45 or 46 at time of filming so she's either not 37 and she is referring to Maybe it's been 37 years since she's had kids. Yeah.
2: Or. She's
1: had a lot of them. They're having, they have a 45 year old playing a 37 year old.
3: Yeah.
2: Mom is a, do they, I can't remember. Do they cover, they don't talk about the father or their at all. Do they?
1: I have so many
2: issues with the mom because I don't think the mom's a very good person. She seems very like. I don't want these kids to bother. She lets the kids do whatever they fucking want. Suellen smokes 80 cartons a day. Why does
1: the mom come home early? Like we never ever. She got a break on her ticket. We never meet the boyfriend. Yeah. The mom comes home early. Like I need more information about that whole thing. I need backstory. We don't, they could have had the boyfriend there with her yeah why like just to let us see what this guy looks like something and then she leaves why would you leave your australian vacation early is she going on a walkabout yeah and she's like john, john, john Locke, and <laughs> she you know don't tell me what i can't do she gotta
2: go there because kevin garvey senior was in australia Yeah, there you go looking for uh sunday yeah So here's another one. So swell mentions the fact that with her roles in executive assistant, she'll start off at 37 grand a year at the end. Greatest boss ever. Like we said, Gets away with everything, pawns her job off on other things. Rose doesn't care. She gets busted. Rose doesn't care. Rose wants her to keep her job. Yeah. But Sue Ellen's like, no, I want to go to college and be a kid. You're turning down $37,000 yeah, as a 17-year-old kid who is literally taking care of five other kids yeah. on her salary to go to college. Are you out of your fucking mind? We don't know what her
1: mom does, but she might be making more than her mom. In it, ninety-one, she's making uh, almost forty grand. Gee, what is that in this days and age? Yeah. Like Ninety thousand dollars. Hundred. Here's a part of that whole getting fired thing too that really bothers me. So I don't know how much how much petty cash you think there was. I would say on the soft side, two to twenty five hundred. That's what I think. Maybe three three. Grand. Yeah. Because it's enough to buy a diamond ring, yeah. an entertainment system, a bunch of groceries. And we don't know does the petty cash keep just getting replenished? It does probably monthly or quarterly or because something. Because she, do, but they've do they been years. there what a week or two. Yeah. It seems like. Although I don't, I don't know if this movie takes place over the course of a week or two or the whole summer. Yeah,
2: I really don't know. Well, the scumbags even think, oh, she's stealing the petty cash. Yeah. Valley
3: parking,
5: classical, community musicians, KC catering, audacious sculptures and ice. She didn't steal from petty cash. She paid for the buyer's shindig. It's all legit. Let's get out of here. I give up.
2: Oh, no. She has IOUs in here. Yeah. What
5: the? She's still still. Come
2: on. Well,
1: that's, I mean, I can do that at my job.
2: Oh, you can do yeah, IOUs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have petty cash. I have a, a credit card. Yeah, I'll put it on my credit card. I where I can go out of town and charge something, and I have to turn in the receipts. Yeah, and it has to be like they can't be like Kevin. Yeah, a hooker,
2: you know, yeah, a
1: hooker and a home entertainment system, you know, a carton <laughs> of cigarettes. You
2: got a twenty five inch
1: TV? Why did you, Why did you need to buy a carton of cigarettes? Yeah, for your trip. But my question is, so three grand, twenty five hundred, whatever yeah. it is. When she outs herself at the end of the movie, I'm 17. I'm tired of this shit. Rose is like, but I love you. Please come and work here. Does she have to pay back the petty cash at the way Rose comes across? Nope. She legit stole from her boss. Her, she can take
2: that ring back from Cynthia. Yeah. Cash traded in and she's rich. Like, Well, she even mentions it to her brother. Oh, wait, I can get that ring back. Right. Did you get that ring back? Yeah. And then
1: mom's like fucking got a entertainment set up Exactly. She to watch with her maybe boyfriend, maybe not because I'm assuming maybe they broke up. Maybe she killed him in Australia. Yeah, we have no idea. Exactly, she just comes home early. Who does that?
2: Are we also, and this is very very nitpicky, when Walter falls off the roof and he should be dead? Yeah, you're telling me Sue Ellen, and this is before she kind of matured herself up a bit. Post mature, post mature, very mature. Do we have proof of insurance for Walter to get I, now his see, medical care? Well, I thought
1: she paid that out of, petty out, of cash, out of pocket, but she says something like we're very lucky. We have good insurance. Jesus. Is that her insurance through work GAC apparel? Or is that her mom's insurance? It would have to be, you wouldn't be able to get insurance that quick. She just started her job. Yeah. It's like 90 days. Maybe back then 91 was while yeah, now. I would say and so. Pay your pay your insurance for you. Anything's possible. Did Kenny's room kill Mrs. Sturek? <sighs>
2: It seemed like the pictures of the girls with their nipples covered up was enough to send her into the grave. she
1: freaks out. I assume she stumbles out of there because she's like holding her heart. She stumbles out of there straight into that rocking chair. It would have made more sense
2: for her to stumble and then fall down the stairs and break her neck. Yeah, there you go. That would have been better. Yeah. And either
1: way, if so, it's funny because Kenny never actually meets Mrs. Sturrock. No, he doesn't. He leaves with his friends because if you remember, he's on the back
2: of the truck and he's like,
1: bye, mom. And then, like, he never meets Mrs. Sturak, and by the time he gets home... She's dead. She's dead in the trunk.
2: Yeah. Something very cheap here, and like you said earlier when it came to the ratings, we get it... I mean, did you say one or two fucks in this movie? More more than one. More than one non-sexual fuck. There is one ADR thing... Which Is Is it when the car gets stolen? There's one scene where Suellen yells at Kenny after she's in the bathtub. Okay. And for some reason, they ADR the word punk when it's clear that she said prick. Huh. So do you think prick would have been enough to send this movie over the edge over a couple fucks? Maybe. Why ADR out punk, you know, prick for punk? Maybe it was more important to them to keep the fucks than the prick. It's true.
1: There is another example of that when the drag queens steal car- Chuck E. Cheese. At Chuck E. Cheese. And they look at each other. And I think Kenny says shit, maybe. Sue Ellen very obviously says shit. You see her lips. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that the sound says Liza. <laughs> but she obviously said shit. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a weird if you're paying attention. It's like yippee K, Mr. Falcon. Yes. This is find a stranger in the Alps. Is there disposal of Mrs. Sturak's body? Does that break any laws? Is that maybe like abuse of a corpse?
2: It's almost comes across like murder one i i don't uh, know yeah, what else I mean, does like they'd at least be questioned i would assume a they'd be questioned now i don't expect the funeral home to have cameras in 1991 but if somebody dumped a body at the front stoop of a funeral home you're gonna call the cops yeah you're gonna get fingerprints their uh-huh. fingerprints are all over that bing bang boom they're
1: all minors but it still would be an interesting trial, but yeah. I just, you can't put a body in a trunk. No. So I think it's like abusive, of course. They chop her up? They might have. They don't <laughs> oh, shit. It. The manager at Clown Dog, definitely serial killer now.
2: A serial killer, or he, he is Gary fucking Ridgeway. All right? He literally is. He's the, killed. fat fat
1: vat scene where she's cleaning out the vats.
2: Why doesn't she just pour the shit out and then scrub the and, pan? Because I
1: mean, you shouldn't put that shit down the drain. I don't know. But every two seconds, she spills it, and then has to wash off like like vomit it's it's gross yeah it's really disgusting why does brian have what he calls leftovers from deliveries
4: you guys really had a food oh no they're just being obnoxious
0: i'm gonna go to the market first thing in the morning
4: you sure because i've got some extra leftovers from my dinner delivery so you know if you want
0: them no that's okay (laughs) well
2: maybe we'll take them thanks He's stealing the is food. Is he shorting people on
1: delivery? <laughs> He's
2: stealing the fucking car. He's stealing the food. Yeah,
1: because when when he drives them home, even though they just had Chuck E. Cheese, the kids are fighting over the last Pop Tart or whatever, and they're like, "We have no food." And then, which is a w- weird logic thing anyway, because if the kids just ate a bunch of Chuck E. Cheese, why are they eating again already? Exactly. Anyway. Brian goes, well, I got all these leftovers for my deliveries. And I'm like, leftovers? why? What did you do,
2: Brian? Now, here's the thing. Like working in a couple restaurants like I have in the past, after a while, you don't want to be around the food. You don't want to smell it. You sure as hell don't want to eat it. I ain't eating that fucking food. No yeah. way. Uh-uh. We discussed this already. Rose and
1: Sue Ellen smoking
2: like it's the Niobing-y
1: in Bingy yeah. office. <laughs> hell yeah. What does Gus do for GAC? So the company's struggling. All right. It's going to go out of business Yes, Sue office. Ellen saves it. Gus drives a Ferrari. Yeah. If they just fired him, how much money would they be saving? They'd probably stay in business.
2: He has to have some sort of... You know, it would make sense if Gus was like the head of HR because that's how he can get away with all of his shit because nobody's looking at him.
3: This is
5: CNN Breaking News. Gus, hi. Hi.
4: This
5: is my new administrative assistant, Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen, this is Gus Brandon, Vice President of Marketing.
1: This is CNN Breaking News. He literally drives a Ferrari Whatever he's doing
2: Listen the sexual innuendos He throws at uh, Sue Ellen Knowing that she is that, that looks super young
1: That dinner or lunch uh, Where oh that's a great scene Where he says uh, He dry, wants to be in her Dry or sweet
2: yeah, uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, so fucking weird. He's <laughs> um, so lecherous. But
1: he's, yeah, he's real weird. How does Sue Ellen fake it the rest of the time? Like we see her give the QED reports to Kathy. Yeah. But we also see at times she doesn't know how to turn on her computer. Nope. Or like get it started. Rose's Her office is Her office her is, office right is kind of like an office, like an ensuite, like an office suite. It's like an adjacent. Yeah. And like, doesn't, you know, Rose hear her like doing the...
2: Or nothing at (laughs) all. Just keep
1: hitting the, like, she's not doing anything. Like, how does she fake it for the other seven hours a day? She
2: takes advantage of her boss so much, and it makes her boss seem even stupider for wanting to keep her. Yes. And literally falling in love with her. Yeah. It's, uh,
1: all right. So they do this weird thing throughout this movie that that you talked about, but they allude to basically Sue Ellen and Kenny playing like the role of a husband and wife rather than a brother, sister. So skeezy. They do it when they pick up, Well, well, sort of. When they pick up Walter from the hospital, like they have this argument and he's like, I know I should have been there, whatever. And then like you said, when Kenny confronts her and is like, you're never home, Mm -hmm. I'm doing all this. It's like- it makes me uncomfortable that they like elude. Yeah. They are playing the roles of like husband and wife, but they're brother sister. It's weird, so I don't like that. Why does Brian ask Sue Ellen what she's doing New Year's Eve? It's the week before school goes
2: back. He's so fucking persistent about everything.
1: Yes, but she. He's like, "What do you do on New Year's Eve? Is that just supposed to be some like joke? Like we're gonna be together for six months? Because it's summer. Like it's weird." Yeah, calm down there, Chief. And then Brian, that whole situation where she won't tell, tell him where him.
4: she works. Yeah. Yeah, well, then why won't you tell me where you work? What, are you doing something illegal? You working for the mob?
0: No. I um, just don't want you to know, okay?
4: Well, what if I wanted to send you flowers or something? Well, you could send them to the house. Well, who'd sign for them? One of the kids. And what if they're not here? I mean, why are you making this so complicated? <laughs> then don't send me flowers. I just want to know what it is you do all day.
0: That's all. Oh, come on, drop it. Stop acting like Henry
4: VIII. Look, just forget it, okay? I'm sorry I cared.
1: Is a deal breaker for Uh, me.
2: I would say so. It's like, what are you holding up? He's like, I
1: just want to know what you do. And she's like, I just I don't want to tell you. And it's like, well, why? Like to me, that's because he's like, Hey, you want to go to this Dodger game? And she's like, I forgot, I don't like baseball. And because he offers to pick her up at the office, it would reveal, you know, that she's lying. Are you gonna drive that fucking car there, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Is he gonna take the clown dog car to the Dodger game? Any other logic from you? No, man. What's the legacy of this movie? I mean, it is it is cult classic. Like it you watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. It holds up, I think, pretty well as far as, like, Christine Applegate never really got the big break in movies. No, she you know, did She was in movies. Yeah. And, like, even later on in movies. But, like, She'll never, always be Kelly Bundy. Yeah, she's always Kelly Bundy. She never got the, uh... You know, the big launching point. Maybe the the critics really did not do this movie fairly. No. Because they really tanked it and I think made people back
2: when when that sort of thing mattered. And unfortunately, she's going through a, a litany of health problems now, too. I think she has yeah. like MS yep. now. Um, and yeah. All right. Stick around for some plugs. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show. And don't forget, as always, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. You leave us a five-star review and we read it on the air. We'll send you out a bit of a prize. Also, don't forget check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. If you guys are unsure how to get there, we have a one-stop shop now, and it's called Linktree. L-I-N-K-T-R. E-E slash Pool Scene Podcast. If you guys would like to contribute to the show in any way, help for future content, maybe even put it towards a cup of coffee for us, there is a link at the top of the Linktree that will send you to basically a tip. We love you guys and thank you once again. And now back to Kevin. Don't tell Final App
1: Guy it's the final app.
3: Yeah! The final final! <laughs>
1: was a fail we weren't supposed to tell him and he knew it <laughs> um so before our unexpected additional week hiatus yeah um i was at home for like i don't two and a half weeks watching some more hallmark watching some more lifetime movies um until basically christmas and i was like i can't do this anymore yeah, but uh, you overdid it. Yeah, I. Uh, but I did watch a, a bunch of stuff. So uh, Glass Onion, the loose sequel to Knives Out. Not a sequel, just a story in the same universe with a shared character. Benoit Blanc. Awesome movie. Daniel Craig. That has surpassed Bond for me. Yeah, it's what everybody's it's saying. So I've never good. seen any of it. Is, it, it. It's so. so good. I would recommend it. Glass Onion's great. I watched uh, Letter Canning. Not that that took too long. I think there's like six new episodes and yeah. they're like 20 minutes
2: each. I still have to go back to it. It's been a long time.
1: Uh, Snowfall season five i uh finally watched that the final season i think comes out anytime i watched Andor, which i enjoyed pretty good there's a prison break episode that's like really good and then so my daughter oldest daughter she won wanted to watch wednesday because like everybody at school has yeah. watched wednesday she's a little bit of like a scaredy cat like she's afraid of like a little things you know she watches me it doesn't take much to like spook her yeah And then she won't like walk to the bathroom herself. She was like, can you please walk to the bathroom with me? You make sure all the lights are on like that sort of thing. So we wanted to watch, I wanted to at least start Wednesday with her to see kind of what the vibe was. Wednesday gives me a very much like this, like Harry Potter feel. Really? Yeah. Like the whole vibe is sort of this Harry Potter thing, at least for the first, maybe half, half of it. And then it kind of like diverges into something else, but uh, it was pretty good. I think me and, and Dana enjoyed it more than, uh, than the kids did but they liked it and now they can tell everybody at school they watched it you know, they, they did don't they're gonna do. do a second season the and- problem now is my oldest daughter seven she'll be eight in May will not drop in she wants a cell phone oh shit all the her she she like cried a couple nights because she's like I'm the only one in my class without a phone all my friends have phones God.
2: These like, kids nowadays would not have survived seven. back in the day. You're yeah. seven.
1: I'm like, I, do you remember taking road trips and car trips to wake? Like, do you remember going to like, just sit in the car for an hour?
2: Yeah, you just sit You and just and fucking there. wait. You just sit
1: there and look Entertain out the yourself. window and, you know, twiddle your thumbs and listen to your parents talk. Oh, look at that license plate. You'd sit in a car for an hour. Yeah. You shut the fuck up. And now my kids have iPads and shit and they still complain. God. And then I watched everything everywhere all at once again, which truly loved that. It. it might be in one of my top five movies of all time. I really love it. And uh, so my wife hated it. I not, don't think she hated it. She just was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on yeah she just watched the whole thing and then just like what what is what is this what's happening but i really enjoyed it and thankfully the golden globes recognized it they did um to you know best acting and shelly miscavige <laughs> oh. <laughs> jerry carmichael joke about shelly miscavige as he introduced Tom Cruise's co stars from Top Gun Maverick. Hello. Pretty much what I did over break, yeah. where I'm at, you know, went back to work now in the office and things aren't as fun anymore <laughs> as staying home. But uh, yeah. But it's good. It's good to, to get back, like, in the, cause I was like eating like shit and I was drinking wine, eating cookies and all these things. And now, you know, back at work, back in a routine, yeah. back to, um, you know not being a pile of shit anymore so happy about that Jim what do you what do you got going on
2: so like I said I spent New Year's sick in bed also happened to occur the same night Michigan fucking lost you know their defense sucked but thanks to the refs too same with Ohio State the refs fucked Ohio State there's There's a pandemic right now with refs it's it's horrendous. like it is, it,
1: I I hate to say it and I don't want to be accusatory but like Tim Donahue it is very somehow linked to sports betting I guarantee t- I mean some of the calls like in the Browns Steelers game uh, both ways I'm not even yeah. saying like I'm a Browns fan not even saying in favor of the Browns Deshaun Watson got like completely
2: face mask pulled masked.
1: down by the face mask there were like a there was a phantom roughing the passer call in the Steelers that was probably a makeup call yeah. there was a phantom pass interference call against the Browns where the Browns player never touched the receiver something's like, happening it's they are controlling the narrative of the
2: they game are. Yeah, and they got what they wanted with the TCU Georgia National Championship Championship that ended up being sixty-five to seven. Wow! And they said it was like the lowest-rated national. I wonder yeah. fucking why.
1: Yeah. Being a sports bet you know, Mattress Mac. No, he's uh, I think he's located in Texas. He owns a bunch of like mattress furniture stores. Like, yeah. He's a personality down there, you know, sort of like Mike Lindell or somebody. Okay, my fellow. okay he's right. like that sort of dude. But he's notorious for placing these enormous sports bets. He bet three point one million dollars on TCU. <laughs>
2: You fucking fool. You <laughs> he idiot. He probably
1: watched the first
2: quarter. Goddamn. And I was like,
1: can I get my money back?
2: But yeah, there was that. I rewatched Interstellar. I watched it once before a couple years ago. I was like, ah, whatever. But I'll give it another shot second time through. Probably now my top 10, probably my 10th favorite movie of all time. It's probably my bottom 10 of all time. I really fucking enjoyed it. I just think I it's, just, it's. I know it's it's too smart for its own good, but I fucking appreciate it. I don't think
1: it. it's too smart for, I think it's dumb. I love it. Um, you should watch Tenet. I still need to do that. Yeah, I just Tenet. like Nolan. Yeah, period. watch Tenet. I, I love Nolan. I yeah. do not like Interstellar. I just like, it's too like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. It's too much. I don't know. Like I, I like certain parts of it, but I like certain things about yeah. it. I'm just not
2: a fan. And it's good to see that as of today's recording here on the 11th of January, DeMar Hamlin is finally out of the hospital. One of the scariest fucking things I've ever seen. And I remember you texted me and I threw on Monday night football because I've kind of been doing a season long boycott of the NFL, including the Browns. I haven't watched anything, but man watching that, just over and over again you're like did a guy just fucking die yeah. and he did he died on the field I they brought him back but Jesus I,
1: so that whole situation too because like I knew it was a little weird when me and our friend Morgan will text each other about injuries in the NFL it's just something we've always yeah. done you know going back to like remember playing tech mobile as a kid and they bring the ambulance out on the field oh yeah with the music yeah and the music and stuff So anytime there's like a bad injury in sports, like for some reason we always just like text each other about it. So I knew something was up when they went to like a second and like a third commercial yeah. break because usually by that time, no matter how severe the injury, and then you have the
2: very wide they've shot.
1: They've got somebody on a stretcher or on something yeah. off the field, and you're resuming play. So when it was like a second commercial break, a third commercial break, and the nature of the injury, I mean, there was a hit looked pretty routine. He stood up, he timbered over. And as it turns out, they did CPR on the field for nine minutes. Yeah. And um, thank God, no neurological damage at all. Yeah. And, and you know, a a lot of stuff's come from that whole situation because there's a lot of like finger pointing, a lot of like the NFL saying, we never said that they had resumed
2: the game. Yeah, yeah, you did, you But then everybody
1: else saying like, like Joe Buck even said like, if what I was saying wasn't true, that the NFL wanted them to resume the game in five minutes, they would have shut me down pretty quick. Yeah. He's
2: like, they're in my ear telling me. And as much as we have torched Joe Buck in the past, yeah. him and Troy Aikman. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. Now someone
1: that wasn't phenomenal. One of my least favorite people, Adam Schefter. Uh, He's yeah. just a
2: fucking dildo.
1: Yeah. And him saying, I've never seen an ambulance on the football field. It happens like five times
2: a year. A lot there, pal.
1: It happens. And then he
2: like amended himself. Yeah, it
1: happens like five times a year. Like Monday night football, Ryan Shazier, yeah. five years ago, yeah, got paralyzed on the field. Fucking ambulance. Like yeah. I've never seen an ambulance. Fuck you. Yeah, and then um, but the whole thing is like con- contact sports: football, hockey, MMA, pro wrestling, what have you. How do they not have protocols for this? I mean, yeah. and if you're like in in WWE, Owen Hart, you know, tragic stunt, fell, died in the ring. They went on with the show. Worst fucking decision they had. Ever. They just went to they like played the video packages. Something like Owen died. There literally was a dip in the ring where yeah. he fell. Yes, they he awful situation, and then they did. A match which to me how traumatizing <sighs> on everyone there and then the you know what have been immoralized is like the owen hart voices where they yeah say, you know tragically owen hart died yeah they break kayfabe then what the fuck are, are we, we still doing, doing on a broadcast exactly. having wrestling matches and it's they wanted so the teams stupid. to fucking warm up yeah and then but like how does the nfl not have a protocol yeah because I mean, they should have shut down the game immediately. They'd just been like, "Listen, we're j- done. Here. Just in case, we're done here. Whatever." But then the NFL further botched it because, like, truly, you know, there is—I mean, football means way too much to a lot of people, yeah. and like, it's the end all be as all. As far as the game, Cincinnati got screwed in all of it. Yeah. As far as like the fallout, which you're happy the player's alive and like good for doing the right thing, but when it comes to the football perspective of it, the NFL is just so rigid, and they will not like. They allow anything you know they wouldn't skip the week before the super bowl because of what it means for the media and advertisers <sighs> and all this stuff like the nfl sucks yeah it does you know they, they suck they just are so shitty when it comes to things like that
2: that's right though we got the xfl starting here in a couple months there baby
1: and then yeah so um yeah that's i mean pretty much where we're at we'll be back next week hopefully no more gaps in programming no more for, illnesses for a while until uh maybe i don't know we'll see what happens yeah so but we still i think uh what are we about? halfway maybe through wtfc's season, yeah. and then yeah gotta have something exciting coming to you next week yes all right until then happy to be back happy 2023 yeah.